Hello and welcome back to the Time Turner Collective. This is month four. It's April. It's April. Okay, I thought that was a correction and I was like, wait, <laughs> it is month four. We're discussing the 1990s and it's the secret history with Katie. Yay! Hi! <laughs> and Katie knows a lot about the secret history because you're actually doing your dissertation on it, aren't you? I am. I'm doing my dissertation on the secret history by Donna Tart and also... The Picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde. So that's my yes. entire life at the moment. So this will be a nice break to do exactly that. Yeah. In a different way. <laughs> I get to talk about it for fun now. Yay. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, what should we start with? Well, should we do context? Yeah. But history-wise, it's the 90s. Yes. Um, although, I... I have a little bit of author context and I've also got a little bit of 80s context because it's written in the 90s but obviously it was also partly written in the 80s yeah it's and it's like based on in the 80s yeah. yeah yeah it took a long time to write yeah yeah the fact that she writes I do have this the fact that she writes a book every 10 years is a mood yes <laughs> like I also cannot write very quickly so because her books I, are I so relate, long I relate her books yeah, are long are. and they're, they're, they're heavy. Yeah. Yeah. She's heavier than she looks as well. Yes. Because mm. it looks... I agree. It looks like it could be about 400 pages when it's over 600. Yeah. yeah. It looks really like, like any YA, really. Like, yeah. size-wise. Mm. Yeah, and the font isn't that small. It's like... A medium. A good size, yeah. Like, a, a small medium, maybe. Yeah, exactly. I just saw a quote which says, asparagus is in season, said Francis helpfully. I agree. Thank you, Francis. It is <laughs> just about in season. So that's always good to know. So yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about a TikTok that I saw based on something which I had already thought about and knew about, mm -hmm. which is the lead theory with serial killers. Do you know the theory? I have never heard of the lead theory. I'm it's, not on serial killer TikTok. I'm not on serial killer TikTok either. <laughs> just to clarify, I'm not on serial killer TikTok. It just came up. Have you heard of the lead theory, Katie? I think I have, but I can't remember anything specific about it. Yeah, which, as far as I know, I haven't really looked into it. It's just based off the TikTok that I saw and what I already knew. But it's essentially that because lead paint was banned from being in things lead was banned from being in things mm -hmm. which it was in a lot of things beforehand in the 80s or in the 70s maybe and it takes 20 to 30 years for lead to go out of someone's system and lead was linked to a lot of psychosis and rising violence rising crime and when they cut it out, obviously there's like a moment where it peaks after you ban it, that like it, it all sort of peaks in people's systems and then it starts to die out. But the mm -hmm. moment where it peaks is the 1980s. Yes. Um, so there was a lot of serial killers and it's more, it's not really, it's, it's a lot more, what's the word I'm thinking for? I'm thinking of like when it's common, it's like spoken about rather than written down. Taboo. Um, no. Oral. Yeah. What what is the word I'm thinking? Verbal? Yeah, but it's it's more about when it's oh for God's sake, why can't I think of the word? I'm gonna cut this bit out, but I'm gonna find what this word is. It said it's in Amelia, it was anecdotal. That was the word I was looking for. There you go. Don't you just mean oral verbal? No, I don't. I mean like when something is like in it's like common knowledge rather than it being like unspoken and um, like it's like observable rather than it being like in the data okay. i said no footnotes required yeah sort of thing yeah <laughs> yeah you wouldn't need to cite it in your yeah in your essay but it's yeah so that people think that that is a lot of why there were so many serial killers and famous crimes and things that happened in that sort of 60s to late 80s time frame mm -hmm. when there was a lot of lead in people's systems causing them possibly to go crazy mm. and i feel like that is relevant to the secret history but aren't they too young to be well you can have lead paint in your system at any time really yeah. mm -hmm. so 
I just think I just think it could be interesting to consider in the yeah. context of the book. Yes. So that was that was my little bit of context that I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Also, that with Donna Tartt, the book is based on her time at Bennington College, which mm-hmm. we yes. did yes. know, but people listening might not. Um, and also, apparently, she's particularly popular in the Netherlands. Yes. Apparently, <laughs> they have like you guys buy a lot of her books per capita, more so than but, anywhere yeah, else in the world. I do always see them. And that's yeah. why I was so surprised that I couldn't like it took me like four bookshops to find the, the book. History, yeah, yeah. I think the goldfinch definitely part of the goldfinch. The plot is in the Netherlands, and is I it? believe the painting the yes. goldfinch is Dutch. I'm gonna double check that. Yeah, I thought that the goldfinch was set partly in the Netherlands. I just don't know. I haven't read the... it. That. Me neither, but I do want to. But yeah. I, I probably know the Dutch name of the goldfinch. I just don't know the painting as the goldfinch. It's from the 1600s. We did have a lot of painting painters in the 1600s. <laughs> I can confirm. I've seen Tulip Fever. I know that. Which isn't. Tulip Fever is an underrated film. If you I want seen it. a good sexy time. With some hot people, Dane DeHaan, Alicia Vikander, Cara Delevingne, um, what's his face, the evil guy from um, Imitation, no, not Imitation Game, from Inglorious Bastards, the yes. Nazi. Yeah, he's in it. He plays Alicia Vikander's husband, who has erectile dysfunction. Nice. That's his main personality trait. Yeah, watch the, watch Tulip Fever. It's a it's a fun, sexy time, <laughs> and it's about painters. In Amsterdam. Nice. Yeah. I was just gonna bring up something about like, I don't know if this counts as like context, but it's about the reception when it first came out. Yes. Go mm-hmm. for it. Something that I brought up in my disc quite a bit, because part of what I'm talking about comparing it to uh, Dorian Gray is the relevance of like classics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there were quite a few classics teachers who read The Secret History and were not very happy about how it <laughs> depicted classics as being not only elitist, but encouraging really wild behaviour. Um, and incest. Yes. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure the person who wrote the specific article, which was like arguing this, was not aware that Donna Tart studied classics. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so it, maybe it is based on her... Yeah, speci- like specifically at a really like elite academic college level where it's like difficult to get into very yeah. limited class sizes. Not so much for like I studied classics at sixth form at like a state college in Brighton. That's not mm. the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely like you can see it in the way she describes the characters as well. Like yes. you wouldn't they wouldn't just Oh, they yeah, know, like... Yeah, they are based on people that she knew. Like, right, maybe yeah. exaggerated. The personalities are exaggerated, but she knew, especially Francis, I think, and the girl who's kind of fancies... Judy Poovey. Judy, yeah. Judy, yeah. She's, I think, um, she must be based on someone that Donna mm. knew. I'm, I'm sure of it. talk about the book and should we talk about some of the references yes that she includes okay i only have a few i'm hoping that you guys will have a couple more maybe um but the ones that i've written down are early on in the book around page 89 i think she talks about queen elizabeth and um lester yes uh, lester whose name I can't quite remember. He was he was called something. But he... So he lived in Kenilworth Castle, which is a 10 minutes drive from Warwick, and he was buried in the church I used to sing at. Oh, so wow. So there's, there's a fun fact. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. And they were... I feel like they're, they would have a really interesting love story, and I'm kind of sad that no one ever found, like, a servant's diary or something that mm. sort of chronicled the, like, the whole time that they spent together. But I think they're one of, like, the most intriguing non-couple 
couples of history. Mm-hmm. And also, it quotes the wasteland. Yeah. Yes. Because they were the also page. in the wasteland. Yeah, and we... So, which was our first episode that we ever did. And exactly. Elizabeth and Lester were in the wasteland as well. And those were some of the references that I picked out. I'm going to have another flick through. Do you have it's any... It's interesting, though. Like, why... Like, I know we can't, like, just... I don't know, like, why would she use the wasteland? You know, I just want to see, like, what does it add to... Well, I feel like the wasteland is equally as interested, to put it nicely, as interested in classics as this book is. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Some would call it pretentious. (laughs) Some would call it wanky. I would probably call it both. There's a similar sense of pessimism. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Um, mm. And I think it kind of highlights, maybe, how, like, at least I've always seen, and I think everyone who studies literature seem like the modernists, they are like the pretentious yeah. pieces of shit. Which kind of like them being on top of that and then referencing back to the modernist people makes them like look like they are the new modernists referencing to the modernists who are referencing to the classics. Yes. The way they are doing that as well. Yeah. Um, and I think it has a similar level of like nihilism and yes. fatalism that the modernists loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have another thing, which is, I will continue to bring up Oscar Wilde. Um, When Francis is first introduced, it specifically Mm -hmm. says, if I can find it, oh, he dressed like Alfred Douglas, who is Bosie, who is Oscar Wilde's boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And it's such a specific reference, like, it's so relevant to my, when I found that quote, I, I, like, took a screenshot in my brain. It was so helpful. <laughs> I think Bernie is such an interesting character, especially because he's, like, absent for half the book. Yeah. But he's still there. He's, like... I think that Bernie is, like, the epitome of an absent presence in the second half of the book. Yeah, he's on all their minds. He lives in their heads rent-free for the whole <laughs> second half of this book. But also, like, surprisingly little. For someone they have literally murdered... Sorry, spoilers. There's big... There's spoilers now. Yeah. Um, who they've, like, literally murdered. Yeah. They're so casual about it, which was... I think the bit about Henry was so chilling to me. Mm. Like, when he's just like, mm. well, that's just what it is. But then I I read a thing about it as well, how it's like the Apollyon and Dionysian... Yes. Yes. Yep. Like, the nihilism in it. Um, and how it kind of... The two theories of, like, whether the world... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because probably... I'm not sure if you know more about this than I do, probably. <laughs> but the way that the world's constructed and like whether it is constructed or not Mm. like and parts of it being constructed and other parts of it not being constructed and Nietzsche was really interested in the combination of the two and he did things with that yes (laughs) that (laughs) I think another big part of the Apollonian and Dionysian that's super relevant is like the balance between the like structured parts of society and the really spontaneous emotional like, responses to society. Um, yes, that's worded so much uh, yeah. better than whatever I just uttered, <laughs> yeah. So, like, the, the Apollonian is, like, order and mm-hmm. the law and the systems that exist to, like, protect people or keep people however you want to keep them. And that then the Dionysian so is, like, the way that if you live like that for too long, you lose your sense of humanity and you need to have some parts where you just sort of go a little bit Feral. Yeah. <laughs> and they definitely do that. Yeah. So it's like working on an essay all day and then going out on an essay night. Yes. I miss it's those days. Balance. It makes sense balance. that Dionysus is also the god of wine. Yeah. yeah. He said party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do feel like I should have a glass of red wine in my hands. Mm. Yeah, um, so this yeah. glorious half past three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, they, oh my god, they drink so much in this book. I feel like someone <laughs> should go through it and just like make a mark for every like bottle of whiskey that they finish or something. Yeah, and yes. then like this is the grand total of how much they drink within the secret history. Yeah, because like, it was the moment when it was like, oh, Charles has a drinking problem. I was like, oh, he really must have a drinking problem. <laughs> yeah, all of you have a drinking problem. Yeah. Charles has a drinking problem. What do the rest of them have? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the level of substance abuse of most mm. kinds, um, which happened Literally in this book. Literally all kinds. 
Yeah. <laughs> I found it really interesting. I still don't completely understand the trip they go on mentally and physically. It um, is. Um, do we think that it is supernatural? Because I was reading something that said that the secret history is lightly sprinkled with magical realism because they think that the like the whole journey that they go on physically and mentally mm-hmm. when they kill that man and they yeah. essentially just like lose it for a few hours that people reckon that that is like the, an element around magical realism and I'm not entirely sure because I, d- I probably don't know enough about what it was that they were trying to do <laughs> and obviously like people think that the Greeks did it so yeah. maybe maybe it is magical realism. Maybe it's just drugs. Is it just, just drugs or is it ma- yeah. magical realism? That's There's the definitely question. a lot of drugs. Yeah, because what they were trying to replicate was the bacchanalia tradition, which is basically everyone gets incredibly yes. high and drunk, and then just goes into the woods and just yells a lot and then sees God, and that's supposed to be like the the highest state of euphoria that humanity can ever, like, according to the Greeks, that you can ever <laughs> achieve in your life. And then it's supposed to, like, just make your life so much better, apparently. Um, I said, Did they also just murder people then? Well, I mean, what's, what happens on the Bacchanalia stays in the Bacchanalia. <laughs> so we're doing it this summer then? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that also sounds like, I know, you like, have you seen Midsummer? Um, I've I've seen part of it, but I got scared. Yes, I feel like that is exactly kind of yes what it's happens like, in a way. Forget all kind of order, just be entirely. Yeah. but from the perspective of someone who is not bit. yeah, who's not in on the drugs. <laughs> be gay, do crime, transcends time and space. <laughs> yes, reality is unknown. Mm. I so I made a list of things people have you seen the TikTok trend that's like weirdly specific signs that you should check up on? Yes. For astrology. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have? Yeah. Okay, cool. So I have oh, a train. A train. I have a train. <laughs> Congratulations, it's a train. <laughs> <laughs> you can have a steam train. Choo choo. So I have gradually more specific people who should read this book. Oh, very cool. So, first of all, we have If Frankenstein is Your Favourite Classic Novel, also Dracula, or obviously Picture of Dorian Gray. But I feel like specifically If Frankenstein is Your Favourite, you would like... classics, yes. Yeah, you would like this book. If you read The Raven Cycle and you wanted it to be darker, you should read this book. Yes. If Nobody No Crime is your favourite Taylor Swift song... (laughs) Yes. You should read this book. Yeah, It's also a book for people who saw Crimson Peak and liked it for more than just Tom Hiddleston's bum. You should read this book. And if you know a lot about Greek mythology, but you don't understand other people, you should read this book. If you read Percy Jackson as a kid and now you are grown up and yes. don't know what to do. Yeah. And you, ha- and you like serial killers. Read the book. Read the book. Read the goddamn book. <laughs> what about if you read The Starless Sea... Mm. But haven't read it. Um, what's what's the but for that one? You wanted more plot. Yes. <laughs> if, if you, you oh, if you read the Starless Sea, but you wanted more answers. Mm, yeah. <laughs> if you saw the Riot Club and thought, "Wow, I really wish someone was dead here," <laughs> probably read this book. You're like, "Oh, damn it! I wish they'd actually killed that poor old man who owned the pub." <laughs> if you only read Marauders fan fictions, and really want them. To get rid of Snape somehow. should probably read this book. <laughs> Perfect. We have captured our target audience. Yes. <laughs> and, and now we will get into more specifics. But also you probably shouldn't listen to the podcast if you haven't read the book. Because we are going to be talking... To, we've already talked about what's happened. I don't think it's necessarily for this... Like, I like the plot, but I don't think it's the plot that sold me on the book, though. That's So, fair. like, whatever we take yes. apart from it, even if you've not read it... Mm. And you've heard the spoilers. I don't think that should stop you because it's six hundred pages. And yeah, like, I think... a lot of shit happens that we're not going to be able to talk about in an hour. Yeah. To be fair, the first sentence was the snow in the mountains was melting, and Bunny had been dead for several weeks before we came to understand the gravity yeah. of our situation. Oh, they yeah. say that Bunny dies in the first sentence of the prologue. They yeah. do. <laughs> they do, and I think they also say that it's. A at some point early on, early on they say that it's not the first murder. Yes. So yeah, 
And sometimes he just goes like in between of like, oh, I remember when Bunny was da da da, like clearly <laughs> implying he dead. Because the narrator yeah, is so alive. Yeah. The narrator is Richard looking back retrospectively. Mm-hmm. Which is one of my favorite narrative perspectives. Yeah. Because something that I'm writing about in the dis is um, how all of the regret is from Richard looking back, not mm. actually Richard in the moment. Yes. Um, yeah. So like at at that time he doesn't regret anything, but it's only like when he's retelling the story as an older person that he's like, I probably would have regretted that if I was like my age now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's such an interesting character. They're all very interesting characters, but also I feel like I don't think there is one single decent person in the whole book. Oh no. No. I think Camilla is like as far as they go, I feel like she's pretty decent. She doesn't seem to have a lot of say. I don't think she has enough personality for other than having very white skin and nice boobs. I (laughs) think that's most of her personality in the book. Yeah, obviously good for her. I strongly believe that half the reason Camilla doesn't have enough personality is because the book is from a teenage boy's perspective and all he sees is her boobs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 There's a quote from The Guardian that I just put in my dis yesterday. Did I write it down? No. But it basically says... All of Donna Tartt's women are more interesting than what she shows us. And it's potentially a drawback that we never actually yeah. get yeah. to see them. But it is just a consequence of her protagonists all being, like, kind of stuffy white guys. Yeah. Because I do feel like whenever she is mentioned, I feel like, oh, there's so much, like, interesting stuff behind her. Because I feel everything she did in the book, I felt like was mm. so intriguing. It's the male gaze. Yeah. Like, like when you hear about... she shags her brother. Well, I think that was more him. Yeah. Yeah. Also, there are plenty of male gays in this. Indeed. Male gays and male gays. Yes. Yeah. Richard is very bisexual. I'm, well, I'm, in my notes I've written, poor closeted bisexual Richard, is it gay to kiss your homies, Papen? <laughs> Which is his surname, Papen or Papen? I was never quite sure. I think in my head I've said Papen. I think Papen because it's double P. Is it? Oh. Yeah, no, it's one Yeah, it's yeah. one P. P. One P, P-A-P-E-N. then I'd say Papen. Papen. Yeah. Yeah. He he really does be spending most of the book looking at Camilla's boobs and also wondering if it's gay to kiss your homies. Is it gay to murder your homies? <laughs> <laughs> what happens in the Bacchanalia stays in the Bacchanalia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although yes. they weren't they weren't quite in that state when they murdered Bunny, were they? No. They just they, did, yeah, they, they were like, we don't need... It wasn't full-on no. murder. Technically, he fell. The natural high. And then the fall killed him, not them. Whoa. Which of them pushed him? Do we ever find I out? I think Henry. it was Henry, wasn't Henry it? pushed him. Yeah. Okay. And Camilla just... She was there. That's what... I feel like that was one of the things that made me... Like, I found so interesting about her. Like, she's like the second closest person there. And she's just watching. Mm. And yeah. then same thing in her trip. I don't remember exactly what she does. But she does something separate from the others. Yeah, they talk about... I think that's kind of the first hint that, other than Richard discussing it, but being like, oh yeah, I don't think that Camilla and Charles sleep together. But the first hint is when they're the first time round, and he's like, yeah, but it's a sex ritual. And she's like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Very odd. She's like, did I stutter? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And what about it? Yeah. What did you guys think of Julian? Ooh. I didn't feel like he ha- had an, as much of a character as I was expecting. I feel like he's very hyped up mm. as a character. Even within the narrative, I think he always talks about like how much respect they had for him, but he's not in it that much. Because mm. mm. the majority of the time that the others spent with Julian was before Richard got there. So their relationships yeah. had already been built yeah. up like to the extent that they were like, very much not wanting a new person to join their little study group. Yeah. yeah. In my dissertation, I very much compared Julian to Lord Henry. Mm, I see that, yeah. Because they both have the archetype of, like, the wise old man who is there to lead the mm-hmm. protagonist and help them in their journey. But both of them, because it's fond de they both abuse their yeah, power and, like, and then way. just use their influence to, like, manipulate. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, they, they kind of lead them along the path of corruption rather than actually... Like send yeah. them out into the world to be heroes. They they kind of become yes. the villains. They're not Obi Wan no. Kenobi. Right. They're not Dumbledore. <laughs> I know. But I was see. I was at the start. I think it says how old Julian is, or like around how old he is. Yeah. 
But then throughout the book, I felt like his age kept changing for me from like a 20 year old to like an 80 year old. And now I'm just unsure about his age. <laughs> yeah, I do feel that because I, I, he could be, for me, anywhere between about 35 and 60. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because it's the way they're all like, sometimes they're like besties with him. As in, yeah. like, they would tell him everything. Mm. And then other times it's like, oh, he's coming for dinner. We have to prepare for him. Like, he's the queen. Yeah. <laughs> it's specified that he is, like, wealthy enough that he doesn't need this job. Yeah. And that's why he can afford to only take on five students. I did like that part about him. That made me think, like, he generally cared a lot about his teaching. Mm. But then the way he, like, selects his students and, like, <laughs> everything about it. It just all seems so, like untangible because mm. if it is based on like a relatively realistic experience from Donatar I just I can't imagine it yeah like groups like that existing but then also I would love to be in the group oh yeah if you I was that, like so I would, yeah. yeah I would love to like be taught like that and like yeah. study the classics that intensely yeah I do I think I would equally love it and hate it. Because mm. I feel like if you felt even partway left out of the group, you would feel so isolated and lonely. Yeah. But then yes. if you were included, you would feel like you had, like, found family. Which is but then also, fuck, man. <laughs> I have a number. Because there's the way that they, they talk to each other in Greek with the specific intention of, like, yeah. not being heard by anyone who is, like, not posh enough to know Greek. Yeah. And do they ever find out that Richard isn't as rich as he says he is? I don't think so. Well, he, he I mean, gets financial aid. Yeah, but they never... Because he was... he's A lot of the first half of the book was him trying to hide how... Yeah. That he didn't come from, like, a really affluent background. And then mm. he never told them. Which is quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Were you expecting the incest? When you first read it. When I don't think it. I was really t- thinking about incest. <laughs> no. I was, I kind of, I thought, I felt like at that point we'd already established that it wasn't a thing that was know. happening. To be fair, it didn't shock me as much as I thought it would. It did shock me. I was a bit like, um, what? I feel like I kind of saw that it was going to like come up as a joke. And then when it actually yeah. came up, I was like, oh, hi, everyone's going to. Be like, oh, twins, I bet they're banging. And then they did. Especially I didn't see that bit coming. Cla- yeah. Twins who who study classics. Yeah. I mean, at that point, they're that's just, just being ask- yeah. Artemis. <laughs> yeah. No, not Artemis. Aphrodite and Aries. Yeah. It's very, I don't know. It's Classic like It's like that, yeah, they're very, very much feeding into the stereotype, yeah. aren't they? Also, the fact that they're called Charles and Camilla really made me... F- feel slightly uncomfortable because I know it was the nineties <laughs> and like Camilla wasn't as relevant because Diana was still alive and things. And she's but, American. And she, yeah, and she's American. But it, just the fact that they were called Charles and Camilla. First of all, I was like, oh, of course they are. But then I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I just it, it added another element oh, of reading probably, it to she me. She probably did think about the names. I'm not sure if any of the names mean like anything specifically, but I haven't looked into that. Me neither. Katie, on the names. Yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts on the names? The only thing I can think of is like Bunny as a nickname. Because yeah, Bunny, that is Bunny definitely is, an interesting. They're sort of like prey. And yeah, yeah. Vulnerable, and like you keep them as a pet, so they're kind of like cute and tameable, but ultimately they are super. Yeah, it did feel like that, like the way they mm. kept him just like around for fun. Yeah, but then I also yeah. I felt like they didn't want to keep him around in lots of ways as well. Like, he wasn't... I don't know. In a similar way to Richard, like, he wasn't part of the gang. Yes. Mm. And then I think Richard kind of replaced him in the mm. gang as, like, the sort of outsider. Yeah. It didn't really feel like Richard really matched with the group at all at any point. No, it also didn't feel like he liked them or they liked him very much i think he liked the idea of them he and did, the idea yeah. of fitting in with them but Definitely. that might also be because we see it from a perspective of him in the future in the future like yeah. writing back about his years then so he might have like i don't know thought about it differently but then he's still like a years after or i'm not sure if it's years or at least months after and he's like asks camilla to marry him yeah 
which was really yeah. random because I was like, oh, surely he's over her, you know, with the whole I think thing it's a bit compat of him. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know, I was really intrigued by the idea of him at least partway fancying Francis, and I think that that is definitely an element of the book that if I reread it, or I probably will reread it, and I'll like look out for it a bit more yes because i think that that is a really interesting reading yeah that he is in love with francis and camilla's a bit of like a little bit of you know a woman for the straight vibes <laughs> the illusion of heterosexuality it's a burden it is <laughs> is that kind of what you're doing for your dis as well then like the illusion of heterosexuality <laughs> yes <laughs> um well, I mean, in regards to heterosexuality, something I have brought up is there is some really explicit homophobia in the book. Like, from the Dean oh, yeah, yeah, he literally yeah. says, classics is just war and homo is specifically, like, verbatim. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Bunny is also really homophobic. And it's like, how can you be homophobic and still study yes. classics? That doesn't add up. Yeah. Unless you're on the whole about, like, oh, yeah, Sappho was just really good friends with all of those women that she wrote poems about. Maybe Bunny's closeted as well. So Bunny's, I can't even call it internalised homophobia, it's very much externalised. It is, yeah. So I was considering like the fear in like the 1890s, which was all about like degeneration, which was aligned with like homophobia because it's like the fear that society can't continue and it's like disrupting the order of society and everything. Yeah. Um, so mm. then what I compare that to in like the 80s and 90s is like the HIV AIDS crisis, which caused so much stigma. Oh, yeah. Cool. yeah. And it's basically like society being encouraged to perceive people as like gay people as A, trying to like cause problems in society, mm. apart from like be gay, do crimes, obviously. <laughs> That's not a problem, it's a solution. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other idea of that, it being that gay people were like chosen to be punished this illness is coming like yeah as a, like punishment for them which first of all is not correct yeah as like as a sign from god sort of thing yeah so it's like challenging the maintaining of control over people yeah because he does like in at the start he does wonder whether bunny has it as like internalized homophobia mm. and then he's like it's to the extent where it's like not anymore like not even possible like how aggressively he just because it says, like, he's not, like, embarrassed about it. Like, he will just bring it up out of nowhere. And, like... No. Makes yeah. it very clear, like, external... Yeah. Like, the waiters in the restaurant. But I'm not entirely sure how Richard would be able to say that unless he had experience of it. <laughs> um, well, maybe he does. Yeah, no, so, yeah, I'm sure he does. He is well known for getting funky and kissing his mates. Yeah. He's that one friend, that one person who... Is like, no, 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 I'm straight, and then just goes around and kisses everyone of the same gender at a party when they're drunk. <laughs> For the homies. And he uses it an excuse. Oh yeah, after just like one shot. So something that I had a lot about was the setting of the college. Yes. Yes. So obviously I'm comparing this to Fondacy Eclo London because they're both similar but they have really different settings. One being in a huge city where it's kind of easy to stay anonymous, but once you're not anonymous then suddenly it's really hard to stay anonymous. Mm. Compared to that, mm -hmm. you've got boarding school, not boarding school, like, you know, college, where it's difficult to get in. Everyone sort of knows everyone because everyone wants to be known. And then yeah. if you try to stay unknown, that inadvertently makes you more well-known. Which I think we kind of, we can understand being at a campus uni, we kind of understand the whole, like, some people are more well-known than others. The yeah. fact that eventually you know everyone's face, even if you don't know their name. And and I think that's definitely an element of the book. Yeah. Which is why I think it's really interesting to read while you're at uni. Mm -hmm. Definitely. What other campus books have you read? The only one I can think of is Fangirl. That's the first one that popped to my mind as well. I mean, Harry Potter. Yeah. Harry Potter, yeah. Duh. Carry On. Yeah, Carry On as well. Yes. Yeah. Frat Girl. Stuff like Centrinians. <laughs> oh, I love Centrinians. Yeah, maybe this is for people who like Centrinians but wish it, wished it was more elitist. <laughs> yes. Mallory Towers. Yeah, I never read Mallory Towers as a kid. And I've said this many times, but normal people, normal people is very, I think, similar. 
to yeah. this in many ways without you know the murder <laughs> more just vibes no murder only vibes yes <laughs> well, this book is the other way around just murder no vibes <laughs> <laughs> they have vibes they do have vibes but the vibes are murder and drugs and booze yes more trains what do you guys think about the depiction of like the found family and how it's like pretty toxic but they don't have anyone else i think it's to do with the internalized homophobia because found family is very gay yes. i've been writing about pirates about, about how the gay pirates are and how pirates are like a found family and especially in pirates of the caribbean it's like your chosen family and how that is inherently very gay <laughs> but then maybe the fact that it is a toxic found family is kind of reflects the fact that they're all closeted rather than being openly openly gay which then fits in well with the picture of dorian gray because he goes mad partly because he's trying yes. to repress his corruption and his homosexuality mm-hmm. yes i agree i just i think it's really interesting how like the family is presented as like basically anything but a family but it is the family he has yeah like, you can see his distress when they all leave and he's by himself and i think that's probably like his lowest point even though at that point he should be like the calmest he's been apart from the fact he's literally freezing to death Mm. yeah that was a very interesting section when he just lives in a room with a hole in the room yeah yeah that was the uni experience (laughs) it also feels very different from the rest of the book because i feel like the rest of the book is set in summer autumn which isn't necessarily the case because it's like a whole uni year isn't it Mm. it does feel like i don't know like it is it does feel out of place because the rest of them aren't there and because it's just richard and his thoughts and the snow which i think is like interesting how like then when they come back it's kind of seen as like he's being saved back even though it's completely different like everything has changed in those Mm. months also because of where vermont is it's very next to canada so it is cold a lot which is why bunny was frozen in the snow yeah for so long i think is because it is it has a completely different climate and it I, it's, yeah that's not the weather that i see when i'm reading the book because i i don't know i feel like a lot of it feels a lot more summery than that i think it is because they leave like for a couple of months when they leave for winter break yeah that's they, true yeah so maybe it is that a lot of it like maybe when it's happy yeah. there's sun and then mm-hmm. when they go murder murder pathetic fallacy they it's called yes yes <laughs> something about bunny's body being buried that's hard to say bunny's body being buried bunny's, um, bunny's body buried. yes yeah is you may remember from first year related to the idea where are you going with this <laughs> related to the idea of the uncanny is the unheimlich yes so it's something staying hidden that needs to be sort of like revealed but in revealing yeah. it, it's, like, really horrible, if that makes sense. Like, the yeah. idea of yes. seeing your teachers in the supermarket. It's like, you're in the wrong place. Yeah. This is not correct. Like It, it feels yeah. wrong, yeah. Yeah, one time I was petting a dog in the park, and I looked up, and it was my PE teacher's dog. <laughs> um, and I I was like, ah. Was it unheimlich? So, very, very, yeah. very unheimlich. <laughs> I was just thought I was petting some cute random dog that had come up to me in the park. And then I looked up and, and there she was. What was her name? Miss Cole. It's Miss Cole's dog. That's exactly the same as finding a body. It is. It's yeah. exactly the same as finding a body. <laughs> and also, it is a very gothic book. We said about it being a modernist yeah. book, but it is also... And I think the campus setting adds to that as well. And I'm sure the yes. university they go to is has gothic architecture. It, it just, it absolutely does. Oh, definitely. That's why I think Vermont adds to it as well. Like it being yeah. the New England bit of yeah. America, everything being inspired by the classics of mm. like Europe. Mm-hmm. The other thing with the setting yes, is that because it's a very small college, it means it's kind of claustrophobic. Yeah. And that kind of feeds into the madness a little bit, probably. Yeah. And the fact that Richard comes from California, which is like the new, yeah. it's very open and hot and um, modern. Um, and but then he comes over to Vermont and it's the opposite of that yeah. in a lot of ways. Like as far as as far opposite as you can get while still being in America. Yeah, probably exactly. Yeah, Because yeah. normally, at least in the 2020s, you think like the normal projection of someone in America 
is like they start off in somewhere tiny and rural and then they say i'm going to move to california and have my big break mm. whereas for this guy with richard it's very much california's too big i don't know anyone i'm going to move to a tiny place where people like recognize who i am and, and it's a mo- lot more lived in like the yeah. i mean vermont and stuff it's a lot more like closely populated mm. but it's also very difficult for things to stay hidden there such yeah. as a body two bodies much yes. more community yeah rather than here is one farm and then a hundred miles further down there's my neighbor <laughs> <laughs> oh i knew what i was going to mm-hmm. say so this is one of the first books that we've read for the podcast which hasn't had an adaptation and i don't think that's for lack of trying because they've tried to do it quite a lot haven't they yes um so my question was who would we cast as each character okay here we go. Because personally, I think that Camilla would be very well played by Elle Fanning. I thought you were going to say Lily James. I would let anyone play Elle Fanning. Y- you would play Elle Fanning? No, I'd say Elle Fanning should play everyone. everyone. Okay, yeah. What about Anya Taylor-Joy? Yeah. Yeah. I can see Anya Taylor-Joy. Yeah. 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 But I, I like Elle Fanning. Um, I also mm. really like Taron Egerton as Richard. Ooh, Okay. We'd have to see whether he'd do a good American accent, but I feel like he would be a good Richard. Mm-hmm. Henry's really tall, isn't he? Yeah. And Bunny's like... Henry needs to be, like... Traditionally. Ob- like, obscenely handsome. Yeah, and so does Bunny. Because, like, he's... Maybe Sam, Caff- Sam Claflin would be a good Bunny, but he's probably a bit old now, isn't he? Yeah. It's just ruined that he's in the riot club, so I yeah. can't... <laughs> but I'd say we like... just take that cast. He's got, like, the posh boy curly yeah. hair thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe we need more Americans. What Americans have curly hair? Logan Lerman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Maybe Logan Lerman would be a good Francis, though. He can be white boy of the month again. He can. Yes. <laughs> would we cast Timothy Chalamet? Maybe as a side character. Yeah, no. I, I think do he should, be a, good, the, he should be a good cameo, just <laughs> like someone walking across the campus and, oh my God, it's Timothy Chalamet. He's yes. just walking across campus. I think he should play the girl who finds the body. Yeah. No, he should play one of like the the lumberjack guys no, in the mountain. He should play cloak. I think he could. Oh yeah. Do that. Yeah. What about Julian? I think he'd be quite good at that. Paul Rudd. <laughs> Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant. Yeah. yeah. But I was Hugh I was Grant. thinking, Facts um, Funeral Flower, because he's such a, he's the English teacher. He's such a good English teacher. He's very charismatic. He's the right age. He's very handsome. He doesn't have the classic mm-hmm. looks, though. I think he might look too modern. Okay. I just want to put Paul Rudd in my film, please. <laughs> Maybe Colin Firth would be a good Julian. Again, I think we need more Americans. I know, but... Yeah. Colin Firth... Henry Cavill. Cavill. Henry Cavill. Yes. Henry Cavill. Yes. Is he American? I think he's American. No, I think he's British, but he he can... It's oh. fine. He, he can... He can be in it. Whoever oh. it was I said before. Taron Edgerton. Harry Styles should play Henry. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah. Especially because he's supposed to be scary and don't worry, darling, isn't and, he? And he already has, like, the reputation of, like, being, uh-huh. in, like, intimidating in a way. Yeah, and he's quite tall. And it, we know he's got, like, he's got good arms. Yeah. He's quite, like, muscular. What about Ben Barnes? I thought about it, yeah. I think that would be good. Yeah. I think he would be a good Julian. Because he's 40 now. Is he? He's forty. Yeah. He looks younger though. I feel which like is why I think he young could, Ben I think he could be quite good as as Julian at this point in his life. Huh. Ooh, ooh. Thoughts happening. Sebastian Stan. <gasps> Four. Oh, <laughs> just in general, <laughs> Julian. <laughs> No, I like Ben Barnes as Julian. Yeah. Um, Sebastian San as one of the guys who own the cafe that they go to. No, he should be one of the FBI people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. Or the other teacher, the one who doesn't like Julian. Yeah. Oh, Laforge. Is yes. that his name? Laforge. Yeah. French, French boy. Yes. yes. We still need... Oh, so we've got... To recap, we have Elle Fanning slash Annie Taylor-Joy for Camilla. Yeah. We have Taron Egerton, uh-huh. possibly, for Richard. Harry Styles for... Yes. Henry. Henry. 
We need a Francis. We need a bunny. Charles. Charles. I forgot we need what, Charles. Their, Charles. what their descriptions yeah. were like. I think it would be really interesting if we got the guy who played Prince Charles in the Crown <laughs> to play Charles. Because also I think he fits the character. I f- what's his name? Josh O'Connor. I think that he... Yes, my sister's him. sending you mm. Instagram posts again. Yes. This feels disloyal somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Becky. I can see Josh O'Connor... I can see Josh O'Connor as Francis. Yes. Ooh, no, I still like him as Charles. But yeah, I do think he would also be a good Francis. Yeah. And he was in the Riot Club yeah. as well, wasn't he? He was, yeah. Which is why I'm just like, there's another one. <laughs> Doodler's Booth would also be a great Henry. Yeah, he I'm would. just throwing it out there. <laughs> yeah, he would. Julian Anderson as gender swapped. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. I do like that. Asa Butterfield. <gasps> Asa Butterfield is Francis, yeah. He's in his mid-twenties, I think. I think he's like 23. What about Troy Sivan? He just has a baby face. Ooh, yeah. Troy Sivan is bunny. Ooh. He couldn't play a homophobic person. I think he could. I think he'd give it a go. <laughs> could, would he be and it's better to home? cast a gay person as a homophobic person than a straight person as a homophobic person. But what if he's Francis? <laughs> We'll ask him. We'll ask him what he wants to be. I think he'd rather play Francis than Bunny. <laughs> I feel like everyone would rather play Francis. No, I could see. I could see Troy Sivan doing. Dead in Bunny. the snow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he wouldn't have to do too much acting because he, obviously he's a decent actor. But we'll, we'll see. I've, I have seen Boy Erased, but he wasn't in that very much. Mm. Someone or Miles Teller. Yeah, ah, he's yeah. around the right age. I could see him as Bunny. Yeah, yeah I could. I could, yeah. 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 Okay, okay, anyway, we've... We've we've, <laughs> we've got to an hour. We can take out some of that, but I think that, yeah. was, that was an interesting... Because we haven't had... Um, because it doesn't have an adaptation yet. Yeah. Yeah. So we've just given it our own adaptation. Yes. I think if they made this, it would have to be a series, like a mini-series. Yeah. yeah. Like and maybe... I think they should film it at Royal Holloway. Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Royal Holloway. Maybe Vermont. if we were still if we still had Lit Dig projects to go, I would be Ooh. like, hey, you wanna? <laughs> yeah. Maybe I do wanna. Maybe maybe <laughs> we should just do it for fun and send it to I mean John. there's still four days. No, six. Mine's done. Final final points. Just very interesting. I feel like it's a difficult one to just like take apart because there's so much in the writing. Yeah. And I feel like there's thoughts that I had while I was reading it that I didn't manage to get down on paper in time. And I mm. feel like, I don't know, it's something that I would want to talk about as I was reading it, I think. Mm. Um, did we like it? Katie, I yeah. think your answer is obvious. Hated it, no. I really liked it. <laughs> I yeah. really liked it as well. Mm-hmm. I think it could, it maybe jumped into my top five books. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ooh, what's kicked out? I don't know. Um, what would you say the top five is now? The Night Circus, obviously, and Dracula, and The Starless Sea, other books, <laughs> and then The Secret History. <laughs> One last thing is I think we have to acknowledge that this book is basically the blueprint for the 21st century Dark Academia. Yes, oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, I sent you guys both a TikTok like, earlier, which had actually three books that we have slash yes. will have studied, will have um, read for the podcast. And this was number one. Also, I think it also had Atonement on it. And I, I love Atonement. Atonement is another great book. It's another good book with like a retrospective narrative perspective. Mm. Um, yeah, which we, which we love. So yeah, I liked it mm-hmm. as well. So what are we doing next month? That's a very good question. <laughs> is, is Rebecca next month? We're doing Rebecca. Yeah. Oh, I guessed it. I guessed it. We're yes. doing Rebecca yes. with Anna. You got it. Yay. Yes, we do Rebecca with Anna. Yes. Um, he's very excited. I have not read it yet. And that one does have I an adaptation. And I'm very intrigued a by... different book by the Ooh. same author, um, which I will read after Rebecca. Yes, because Rebecca is my sister's name, and it's written by an author who has Laura's sister's name. She Yay. does. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should have done it with both of our sisters. No, my I don't sister think they would have wanted no, to. No. <laughs> Becky only reads fantasy. <laughs> Love you, boo. Um, yeah, so thank you for joining us, Katie. 
Yeah. You're welcome. Once again. Yes. You we may love having you. You may remember me from hit episodes such as The Martian. Yes. yes. That, that was, was a good episode. Yeah. <laughs> I like that episode. That was one of the last episodes. It's one of the only episodes in the last year that we've managed to actually be in the same room as the person we're recording with. Oh, which yeah. I think yeah. definitely helps the vibe sometimes. Mm. Um, also, that was my favourite book from last year. It was, yeah. 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 Ooh. Yes. It is a good one. Yeah. It is a very good book. Definitely in my top five. Yeah, I think that's all then. We have, or do you have any last words, Katie? Um, no. Nice. <laughs> um, just that is a word. I I was gonna hype you guys up on my book Instagram. Oh, oh yes. Yes, and we'll we'll put you. Oh yeah, yes. but you'll but give your name. I'm not sure. I feel like more people will see oh, it on our I'm, Instagram, I'm, but soft promo. Um. I have a yes. book Instagram, it's bookmarked, as in the plural of bookmarked, which isn't actually a grammatically correct word, but it was a free Instagram handle. Nice. I like the so handle, I thought it was really cute. I yeah. do. <laughs> yes, thank I you. I like it too. And I think we are following you, so yes. if anyone wasn't sure what Katie just said, you can always, well, she'll be tagged in an Instagram post, and yes. we are already following yes. you. So. Yes, and our Instagram is <laughs> at Turner Collective. Yes. Um, where we'll, we'll, after deadlines, be keeping people more up-to-date than we are now. <laughs> yes. Um, turns out that, as we said last last year, deadlines still be deadlining. Yes. And we be struggling. But 18 we're days nearly from there. now. Yes, we're nearly there. Yeah. We're so close. We yeah. are. It's very exciting, the last little bits. Yeah. But yeah, the, which is also very fitting, because this is the last of uni and we did a uni related book we did yay that's it for this month yes and, and as all greek students say who like to murder people yeah well when they no go, they won't say that <laughs> when they go crazy in the woods after taking lots of what drugs. was the name for it again bacchanalia bacchanalia yes as everyone bacchanalia. on their bacchanalia trip says goodbye, goodbye. We'll see you in the past. (laughs) Yay!